All right, hey everybody, welcome to Valley Creek. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Are you ready? For the first time ever, whatever campus you're at, whether you're in Denton, Flower Mound, Gainesville, Louisville, the venue, or watching online, come on, let's give it up. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wherever you are today, we welcome you. And today is the launch of our Gainesville campus. And so come on, somebody, if you're in Gainesville, Welcome to Valley Creek Church. We have been praying for you. We've been preparing for you. And we are so excited that you are here with us today. Hope is here. Everyone is welcome. And Jesus changes everything. We are one church that meets in multiple campuses that carries the hope of Jesus to thousands of locations. We are Jesus-focused, spirit-filled, life-giving, a movement of hope for the city and beyond. And we welcome Gainesville to the family for the first time. We're so glad that you are here with us. You see, about 18 months ago, we felt like God was inviting us to not just be a church for a city, but to be a a church for a region, to put a campus or a harbor of hope within a 20-minute drive of everybody who lives in North Texas. And Gainesville is one of those places. So let me go ahead and show you this video of, this is what we started with. And when I showed you that about a year ago, we were kind of like, I'm not so sure what we're gonna do with that. But over this past year, thousands of people have been giving, people have been working hard behind the scenes, people have been behind the scenes working to create this reality, and now all of the sudden the Gainesville campus is alive, people are there right now worshiping and celebrating, there's the worship center. And so there you go, the newest campus is a part of our family. And so I celebrate everyone who's been a part of Missional Move Hope for the City in Gainesville. Here's what I say to you, come on the journey with us. Come on, let's follow Jesus, be unified and be the culture. Let's invite everyone you know in that whole region because we didn't go to plant a campus. We went to serve a city in Jesus' name. And we're going to believe he's going to do some amazing things. So, hey, Gainesville. Hey, welcome home. Welcome home. So here's what I want to do. If you're in Gainesville, I want you to open up your hands like this. Every other campus, come on, lift up your hands. Let's just commission the Gainesville campus together right now. So would you just pray with me? Lord Jesus, we celebrate the Gainesville campus. We thank you for that city. We thank you for that region. We thank you for all the prayers that have been prayed for that place, for that campus, for that city. And we just declare it is a harbor of hope in Jesus' name. We say that the lost, the lonely, and the broken are going to be drawn to that place, have an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, and forever be changed. I pray for every person who is now a part of the Gainesville campus that they will know this is their family, that they will be our culture, be unified, and follow Jesus. We declare signs, wonders, healings, breakthroughs, impossibilities, that the peace and the prosperity of the city will come through the people of God as they live as hope carriers 
in this next season. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, Valley Creek. Come on. Let's celebrate God. Hey, we don't even have to do anything else for the rest of the day, and it's a good day. But we're gonna, because we're in a series called The Heart of a King. And this is a really big series and a really important series because I don't know if you figured it out or not, but there's like an election this week. And what the world needs right now is a whole bunch of people that are living with the heart of a king. People who are rising up to live a life of royalty, nobility, virtue, humility, servanthood, character, people who don't live down to the world, but people who live up to the kingdom of God. You see, we all start with the heart of a rebel, the heart of an orphan, the heart of a Pharisee, the heart of a slave. But when we invite Jesus to become the king of our heart, he gives us the heart of a king. And when you have the heart of a king, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you selfless because kings spend their life living for the good of others and the glory of God. Like, have you ever seen somebody obey what they were asked to do? It's the heart of a king. Have you ever seen somebody stay when everybody else leaves? It's the heart of a king. Have you ever seen somebody do something for the good of others, even though it costs them a lot out of their own life? That's the heart of a king. Have you ever seen somebody listen to and actually apply godly counsel that was given to them? That's the heart of a king. Jesus is the ultimate definition of what the heart of a king looks like, what royalty looks like. And and if we're being shaped and molded into the image and likeness of Jesus and he has the heart of a king, then we're all learning how to live with the heart of a king. And it's almost like every command that Jesus gives us, he's basically saying to you, hey, this is what a king would do. So now what are you going to do? And so just as a quick recap for if you've missed it or for our Gainesville people that are joining us for the first time, the first week we talked about the heart and we said above all else, guard your heart because the quality of your life is determined by the condition of your heart. And then the second week we talked about passion. We said that apathy does not belong in the heart of a king, but, but we're supposed to be people of passion who engage in the battle. And then last week, We talked about honor and we said that honor is the culture of the kingdom, that honor releases the kingdom into the world around us. And we're supposed to be people of honor. And if you've missed any of those, you can check them out on YouTube. Uh, But I want to continue today with everybody's favorite word. And that word is submission. Hey, we got to celebrate Gainesville. You can deal with what we feel like is a four letter word. Submission to authority is something we don't like, we don't want to talk about, but it is the way of the kingdom. Submission is the heart of a king. In fact, when we first meet David in Acts chapter 13, here's what it says. I have found David, a son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David was a man after God's own heart, which means David had the heart of a king long before he ever became a king. And look at what it says. He did what God asked him to do. In other words, David was submitted. He was submitted to the authority in his life. And if you look at David's life, you'll find he was submitted to his dad. He was submitted to Samuel the prophet. He was submitted to foreign kings when he was living in in their land. And he was submitted to Saul. Like literally the worst king, the worst ruler, the worst boss ever. 
And yet somehow David submitted to him. Why? Because he had the heart of a king. You see, what is submission? It's a big word. I know we don't like it, but just track with me on this one today. Submission. Just break it down. Submission. Submission literally means to come under sub someone else's mission. Submission literally means you come under someone else's mission, someone else's vision, someone else's dream or agenda, and then you use your gifts, your passions, your talents, you engage with your whole heart to lift that person and that mission up to see it be accomplished. It's not a half-hearted like, oh, well, you know, I just have to submit. No, no, no. It's like coming under with everything you got. In fact, check out this next verse. This is Jonathan and Jonathan's armor bearer. Two guys in the story that we're reading through together that have the heart of a king. And here's what Jonathan's armor bearer says. Do all that you have in mind. I am with you heart and soul. That is submission. Submission is not just doing what the basic things that have been asked of you by authority. No, no, no. It's engaging with your whole heart. And and what we have to understand is in our mind, we have this faulty thought that like kings are autonomous, independent, selfish, dictatorial. No, no, no. Kings are dependent. They're surrendered. They're submitted. Kings know they need a king in their life. And they know they can only be over something if they're first under someone else. Because a king knows that ultimately the place that they rule and reign over is submitted to the king. So they want to make sure it goes in his way. In fact, even think about this. Think about the Trinity, for example. The Trinity, right? God exists in three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Well, well, do you know they exist in this constant state of community and submission to each other? Like Jesus only goes where he sees the Father going, does what he sees the Father doing, says what the Father is saying. Jesus says, I can do nothing by myself. I'm totally submitted to the Father. And then the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus. And the Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. He only draws attention to Jesus. And then the Father takes Jesus and literally lifts Jesus up. So all of the universe will look to Jesus as the Savior, as the King of Kings. So if they live in a state of submission with each other, that's the heart of a king. That then needs to be the heart that we carry. In fact, do you remember the story of when Jesus has this encounter with a centurion? A Roman soldier comes to Jesus one day and he says, hey, Jesus, one of my men is sick. He says, I would love for you to heal him. And Jesus looks at the man and he says, okay, I'll go with you to your house. And the guy stops, he says, no, 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 Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy to have you come to my house. Catch it. He says, but I'm a man under authority. And I have men under me. I tell this one go and he goes, this one come and he comes. All you need to do, Jesus, is say, my servant will be healed and he will be healed because I know you are a man under authority. And Jesus looks at him and and says, he is amazed at his faith. What? He's amazed at this man's faith. Why? Because this man says, I am a man under authority. He doesn't say I'm a man of authority. He says, I'm a man under authority, which means I have authority. And he looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, I know you are a man under authority. Therefore, you have authority over this disease of darkness. So just say the word and it's going to happen. And Jesus was amazed at that faith. Why? Because it takes faith to submit 
to authority. It takes faith to understand that the kingdom of God only works with authority. And that is the heart of a king. So I want to give you four things today. A little bit more teachy than I normally do. And I really want to encourage you to write these down because I think these are really important for your destiny and your life. Four thoughts on submission to authority, developing the heart of a king. You with me on this? This is really important in this season. First thing is this, all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. Think about this for a second. For 10 years, David had to run from Saul. Saul's the worst boss, the worst king, the worst authority you could ever imagine. And for 10 years, David submits to Saul. He has countless opportunities to kill him, to take Saul's life into his own hands, to rebel against Saul and say, no, no, I am the king. David's men were constantly telling telling David, come on, take Saul out. And yet look what David says. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him for he is the anointed of the Lord. In other words, David said, it doesn't matter how bad of a leader he is. He was placed there by God. And so I refuse to rebel against him because to rebel against him is to rebel against God himself. Okay, check this verse out. Romans 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You're like, is that verse really in the Bible? (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Catch this. He says, hey, you need to submit to authority. Why? Because all authority comes from God himself. And if you rebel against that authority, you're actually rebelling against God himself and you're setting in motion consequences in your life that you really don't want. All authority comes from God, he says. All authority. Every boss, every manager, every coach, your parents, all authority comes from God. So to submit to that authority is to submit to God. To rebel against that authority is to rebel against God. Authority starts in the heart of God. Rebellion starts in the heart of Satan. So whether I submit or rebel, I'm actually doing that to God. Why? Because all authority comes from him. And God only does things through authority. Think about it for a second. If there were no leaders, there would be no vision, there would be no order, and there would be no progress. Like, like just, just honestly think about what is the point of a leader? What is the point of authority? It's to bring order. It's to bring protection. It's to have a vision and create an environment where people can rise up and become who they were called to be. So if you had no police officers, the city would be full of chaos. If you had no parents, the home would be full of chaos. If you had no teachers, the classroom would be full of chaos. Are you catching with me on this? If you had no boss, your workplace would be full of chaos. All authority comes from God. Everyone in your life. I hate to break this to you today. Your boss, your coach, your teacher, your parent, the government officials, your spiritual leaders. 
The only conclusion you can draw from these verses is that. Okay, ready? Take a breath. Okay, this week, your candidate might win or the other candidate might win. Either way, they've been established by God. And you are not the watchdog. You are not the appointed watchdog to tear down an authority that God has placed. Listen to me. God will hold authority accountable for how they lead. He will hold you accountable for how you follow. So, so be real careful on lifting up your voice against God's authority. You say, but they're ungodly and they're doing terrible things. I'm not saying they're doing great things. I'm saying God will hold them accountable. That's not your job. To speak against authority is to speak against God himself. This is why 1 Peter 2 literally tells us, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Are you with me on this? All authority comes from God. In fact, when Jesus is about to be sentenced by Pilate, an ungodly, foreign, pagan ruler to the cross, look what Jesus says. He says to literally to Pilate, he says, you would have no power or authority over me if it were not given to you from above. In other words, Jesus looks at Pilate and he says, I submit to your authority because I know where your authority comes from. It comes from my father. And to submit to you, Pilate, is to submit to him. To rebel against you, Pilate, is to rebel against my father. And I am not going to rebel against him. Are you with me on that? All authority comes from God. Second thing is this. God uses authority to help purify our hearts. Okay. For 10 years, David is running from Saul, submitting to Saul. Like the worst, if you're reading First and Second Samuel with us, he's like the worst leader ever. Why would David have to submit to Saul? Because David wasn't perfect. David had junk in his heart. There was character God needed to work out. There was, there was endurance and perseverance and desperation and seeking God and, and learning honor and, and, and things that were in David's heart that needed to be removed and things that weren't in David's heart that needed to be put in there. And it all came through submitting to an authority. Hear me. The harder it is for you to submit to the authority, the deeper the work God is doing and the bigger the future he has for you. The harder it is for you to submit, the deeper the work he's doing and the bigger the future he wants to entrust you with. So lean in, don't lean out. Come on, Romans 13 keeps going and it says, talking about authority, for he or she is God's servant to do you good. This is literally that passage, all authority for God's servant or the authorities in your life is literally God's servant to do you good. Think about leaders in your life. You've had some great leaders in your life. You've had some great authorities in your life. People who loved you and challenged you and shaped you and molded you and took the blind spots out of you and saw character flaws in you that they wanted to help correct and shape. They lifted you up. They believed the best. They called you to be something that you, you've had. You couldn't be who you are without some great coaches and parents and bosses and pastors and leaders and teachers. Come on. That's a good do. Do you good? And yet we all sit here and what we instantly jump to is all the bad leaders in our life. Okay. A bad leader is still God's servant to do you good. You say, how is that possible? Well, when you're under a bad leader, you're learning character. You're learning humility. 
You're learning honor. You're learning to love someone that's hard to love. You're learning to be desperate for God because this pressure is so hard. You're learning endurance and perseverance and patience and graciousness. You're learning how to steward someone else's mission so God can eventually trust you with your own mission. It's not just good or bad. It's all good. Hear me. Submitting to authority is never about the leader It's always about your heart. This is so big. We always want to make it about the leader. It is never about the leader. It is always about your heart. We say, why would this person, how could this person, and how, who would have chosen this person? Stop, stop. The question is, what's God trying to do in you? And the more aggressive and the more angry and the more frustrated and the more you want to rebel and the more you want to speak bad about that person, wow. God's really doing a work inside of you. And I know some of you are like, so I'm just supposed to to submit to the authority and do what they ask me to do. The answer is yes. Just flat out, yes. Unless they ask you to sin, that's where you break. Otherwise, the answer is, is yes. And if you say, but the thing they're asking me to do is beneath me. If you think that thing is beneath you, then you're actually beneath it. Because if David could go out and shepherd sheep and Jesus could wash the disciples' feet and Joseph could do Potiphar's laundry, I'm just saying that thing ain't beneath you. So we need a little bit of fear of God, a little bit of awe and wonder and respect, and a little bit of understanding of how the kingdom works, okay? I mean, check out this next verse. Ready? This is a strong, this is, and this is where we're reading, man. So maybe you caught this one. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, And stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. This is Saul. When Saul gets rejected as king. But check this out. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. God likens rebellion to witchcraft. You say, what is witchcraft? Witchcraft is engaging in demonic deception to get what you want. So rebellion is engaging in demonic deception to get what you want. And stubbornness is like idolatry. Stubbornness, hard to lead, difficult, resistant to the authority is like idolatry. Why? Because you're saying you are the most important thing in life. You're saying it's all about your opinions and your preferences and your rights and what you want. And guess what? That's just not the heart of a king. Like, like, hear me, like, I've never met anybody that says I'm an unsubmissive person. I've never met anyone that says that. We all say we're submissive. Well, oh, I'm, I'm a super submissive person until you have to submit to someone or something you don't like. Right? Come on. I'm super submissive until you ask me to do something or be under someone I don't like. Come on. If you're only submissive when you like it, that's not called submission. That's called agreement. That's agreement. We're like in agreement. And this is what we do. I hear people say this stuff all the time. Like, oh, I just love my job. Oh, I just love my team. Oh, I just love being a part of this church. Oh, I just, I love all. I always want to say, what happens when you don't love it? When you love it, it means you're in agreement. We're all like agreed. Yeah, that's what I would do too. This is great. Ah, Submission is when you don't like it. It's when it doesn't make sense. It's when it doesn't feel good. That's submission. Like, come on, maybe this will help some of you. This, I, this is a dumb analogy, but it might work for some of you. It's kind of like you're scrolling through your social media feed. 
And as you scroll through your social media feed, like you see those posts that you love and you're like, oh, that's so good. And you like it. And the moment you like it because you love it, that's called agreement. Okay. Submission would be like scrolling through your social media feed and seeing a post that you don't like posted by someone you don't like that creates things in your heart that make you feel not great. And you take that post and you repost it on your own wall. That would be submission. That's an example. Why? Because it's wholehearted engagement with your life for someone else's good. It's not just when we agree. And God gives us man that we can see to teach us how to submit to the God that we can't see. Submission teaches us lordship. This is why in in Mark 8, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. In other words, submission. Lordship. Like, do you understand the only way you get into the kingdom of God is by submitting to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Do you know the only way you can be a disciple, a learner, a follower, one who becomes like Jesus is by submitting to what God asks you to do? Do you know the only way you can live a spirit-led life is by submitting to what the spirit tells you to do in any given moment? It's submission. So, So catch it. If I can't submit to my boss, my coach, my teacher, my parent, the government, the leader in my life, how in the world am I going to submit to Jesus? If I can't show up on time, do that assignment, do that thing I don't like, put in the extra that they asked me to do, how in the world am I going to, when Jesus tells me to tithe or forgive or take a giant step, how am I going to do that? So, So this is like really important. Look at how you engage with authority. That is a physical picture of your spiritual life. All I have to do is come in your life and see how do you engage with authority? That will tell me everything I need to know about how you are actually following Jesus. Because if you can't submit to a man, you can see. How are you going to submit to the God that you can't see? And like we say, this is whatever's in here flows down the river. If there's rebellion in here towards my boss, understand there's rebellion in here towards God. Because my boss has been placed there by God. Rebellion or royalty, what's in here? What's flowing out? You with me on that? You're doing great. Point three, you have to follow before you can lead. You have to follow before you can lead. This is super biblical. You can only be empowered to the level you're surrendered. Check out David in this next verse. I took you, this is God talking. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people. Love this verse. God's saying to David, David, you are such a good follower. You're going to be a great ruler. See, you have to be a son before you can be a king. You have to be under before you can be over. You have to receive before you can give. You have to serve before you can rule. You have to be loved before you can lead, which means good followers are great leaders. Listen to me. Kings are always followers first. Kings are not looking for autonomy. They're not looking for independence. Kings are looking for submission and surrender. They're looking for servanthood. They understand they have to be under so that they can be empowered to be over. This is why Jesus is the greatest leader of all of the universe. Because he was the best follower. He only went where he saw the father going, did what he saw the father doing, said what he heard the father saying. In other words, Jesus was the best follower. That's why he is the ultimate leader. 
And you say, how could he do that? Because he was secure. He knew who he was. He knew who he was, who the father was, and what he was created to do. And the problem is, is we often have such an orphan heart that we can't submit or surrender to anyone. Because it's not about their good and someone in God's glory. It's about my good and, and my glory. So catch me, an unsubmissive heart comes from an insecure heart. Whenever I see a lack of submission in people and with their parents, their coach, their teacher, their boss, whatever it is, it's, it's an insecurity. It's an orphan nature. So, so let me ask you this question. Like, are you a good follower? Because if you're not a good follower, you don't have the heart of a king residing in you. I mean, catch this verse, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Obedience and submission are different. I'm going to get there in a second. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a, say it with me, joy. Not a burden because that wouldn't be any advantage to you. So here's my question. Do you make your leader's life a joy? Any of the authority in your life, boss, coach, teacher, parents, Spiritual leaders, do you make their life a joy? Maybe a better question is to ask you this. Would you want to lead you? Hear me. The more I lead, the better follower I become. Because I know how hard it is to lead. Look at any leader in your life that you know right now. They're exhausted in this season. Managers, supervisors, teachers, Principals, police officers, government officials, healthcare administrators, parents, they're exhausted. Why? Because it's hard to lead. So we should be what I like to call the first follower. The first follower is when a boss says, hey, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the assignment on Friday. The first follower is the person that as soon as it's done, looks at the rest of the group. Come on, guys, let's get going. We got to get this thing done. Let's get it done by Thursday. That's the first follower. They're not the one that's like, really, we got to do it by Friday. Can't we have two weeks to do it? And I'm tired. And when can I go home? <laughs> Boo. Right? Come on. This is what I tell my kids all the time. I say, whatever you're asked to do by a leader, do one thing extra. So if you're asked to sweep the floor, then do the dishes as well. If you're asked to clean your room, then do your, the laundry as well. Whatever you're asked to do by authority, do one extra. You want to change your life? Here you go. This was worth the entire service for you today. Whatever you're asked to do by leaders, do one extra thing. It will change your entire life. Yeah. It will, students, if you pick that one thing up, from not, you get nothing else out of Valley Creek Church. You get that, it will change your life. Because yeah. ain't nobody do that. Yeah. Why? Because we don't have submitted hearts. Submitted heart is I am with you, heart and soul. It's not I'm with you until it costs me something or I don't like it or I disagree with it. Come on, listen to me. This is a season of promotion. You want to get promoted? Go to work every day for the next few months. Be there early. Show up with hope. Do everything that's asked of you plus a little bit extra. Come with a few solutions for your... I pro, You can't not get promoted because everybody is so miserable in this season. Your boss is going to be like, you're the best person I ever had. It's so true. But we're like, but I don't like my boss. I know, but it doesn't matter because Romans 13 says God's teaching you how to follow him by following that boss. You will never know how to rule until you learn how to serve. Come on. And then the last thing is simply this. Submission brings breakthrough. 
This is like, you're like, okay, that was a lot of hard. Okay, here's the good. Submission brings breakthrough. For 10 years, David submits to Saul. And after 10 years, the breakthrough comes. He becomes the king of Israel and brings Israel to this, to the, this most epic glory place that it had ever seen. And he becomes the lineage of Jesus. That's breakthrough. And what you have to understand is the fastest way to your destiny is through submission, not rebellion. You realize when David killed Goliath, he still had four stones left in his hand. He could have quickly turned and looked at Saul and said, hey, buddy, you didn't even have the courage to go face him. I just defeated him. Do you want me to use one of these on you? I'm the king now. No. He put the stones back in his pocket and for 10 years submitted to a very ungodly man. And the fastest way to his destiny was that. Come on. You can't do God's mission your way. So if you're sitting here and you're like, but I'm so discontent in my role. I want to dream about more than what I'm doing. Okay, I hear all that. Do what's right in front of you with a submitted and surrendered heart with all that you got. And you'd be amazed at the breakthrough that'll come. Submission is about trust. You say, but I don't trust the authority. It's not about you trusting them. It's about you trusting him. Can I trust him enough to say he put me here so there's got to be something he's doing in my life? You with me on this? Come on, one more story. Stay with me on this. There's this amazing story of David and Abishai, one of his regular soldiers at the time. And Saul is trying to come and kill David. And Saul's whole army is there and they're asleep. And David sees Saul sleeping. And he says to his guys, like, who wants to go with me into Saul's camp? And Abishai's like, I'll go with you. So David and Abishai sneak in. Saul, the whole army is asleep. They sneak in. You can read this. It's amazing. First Samuel 26. And they get right up to Saul. And David says, let's get the water jug and Saul's spear. And Abishai picks up the spear. And he looks at, he's standing over Saul. And he looks at Saul. He looks at Saul and he looks at David. He says, David, today the Lord has delivered Saul into your hands. Let me strike him down. And David says, no, that is not the Lord. And in that moment, Abishai has a choice because he wants to go home too, guys. He's tired of living in the wilderness too. And what most of us would have done, bam, the Lord told me to strike him down. But Abishai's authority said, that's not the Lord. And if Abishai would have struck him down, you know what would have happened? David would have struck Abishai down. But because Abishai submitted to David in a really hard moment, Abishai becomes one of David's finest, mighty men. He becomes one of his captains in the kingdom. And how did Abishai not go through with it? Because he just watched David for the last 10 years submit to Saul. Submission is something we learn from the authorities above us. So parents, it is so important how you speak about authority at home. If you are constantly telling your kid your their coach stinks and should play you more and da 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 If you're constantly criticizing their teachers, if they see you sitting at home watching Fox or CNN or MSNBC or whatever, and you're going off on the appointed officials placed there by God, what do you think you are teaching your kids about authority? It's so, it's like so important. And hear me, for a bunch of the rest of us, we got to get past the me and Jesus syndrome. Abishai is me and Jesus. It literally says, the Lord has delivered. Boom, we would struck it down. Me and Jesus. I got Jesus. I don't care what you say, David. No, you're wrong. 
There is no way you can read the Bible and come to that conclusion. You have to understand that God puts leaders in your life. And if they say no, the answer is no. And you say, well, then what do I do? You keep praying. You keep seeking God. You keep submitting. You keep asking God for a breakthrough. And what's going to happen? A breakthrough is going to come because God's doing something in your heart. Every time people did what Jesus asked them to do, there was breakthrough. Lepers, go show yourself to the priests. We're lepers. They got healed. Uh, Peter, throw your net over the right side of the boat. I fished all night. There's no fish. Just do it anyways. Uh, uh, Go pass out five loaves and two fish to 5,000 people. Miracles. Amazing. Why? Because when you submit to God's appointed authority, you become empowered with supernatural power. And you have to catch with me that obedience and submission are different. Real quick, because here's what we think. We think they're the same thing. They're not. Obedience is physical. Submission is spiritual. Obedience is the external. I'm doing externally what you asked me to do. Submission is in here. Obedience is your hands. Submission is your heart with them. Heart and soul. Matthew 15. These people honor me with their lips. They're obedient. But their hearts are far from me. They're not submitted. They do externally what I ask them to do, but they are not under my mission with their heart and with their soul. You with me on that? Last verse. Colossians chapter three. If you've been here for a while, you know I I love this verse. Start right here with me. Whatever you do, work at it with all your as working for the Lord, not for men. I love that verse. It says do everything. Passion, heart, soul. Come on, live life. What's the context to which he's saying that in? Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart, submission, and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. as working for the Lord, not for men. You know what he's saying? He's talking to men and women under some really tough authority. No, God's not condoning slavery here, but God's saying that is an authority in your life. So while you're there, I need you to obey and I need you to submit because you're not doing it for them. You're actually doing it for me. So could it just be that God has put you under someone with the heart of a rebel so you could show them the heart of a king? Could it just be that God's placed you under an authority with the heart of a Pharisee so you could show them the heart of a king. Could it, could, it just, could it maybe just be that God's placed you under someone with the heart of an orphan so you could show them the heart of a son? Come on, you're a hope carrier. You're salt, light, and leaven. God has placed you in positions and, 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 and has set you on this mission with him. And you got to, by faith, believe that where he is strategically positioning you in the world, he's put you there for those people's good and his glory. But you got to do it his way. And if Joseph could submit to Potiphar and David could submit to Saul and Daniel could submit to Nebuchadnezzar and Jesus could submit to Pilate and Paul could submit to Nero, I think you're going to be okay. Because those are some bad people. I'm just saying, Nero, put Christians on poles, lit them on fire to be streetlights. You're okay. You're okay. So can you submit with your heart is the real question. Come on, you want to talk about breakthrough? When Jesus is about to go to the cross, right? What does he pray? Father, let this cup pass from me. 
but not my will, but yours. He came under the Father's mission. And what happened? The greatest breakthrough in all of history, the salvation of humanity. The world does not need any more people with the heart of a rebel. They need men and women with the heart of a king who understands how the kingdom works, who understands that when I submit, when I come under, I am not giving up. I am not bowing down to this worldly system. I I am not quitting. In fact, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm stepping in with the heart of the king to show the world my king and how his kingdom works. And I believe that his kingdom will come and his will will be done in this situation, in this season, in this world, through my life as I do it his way. So close your eyes with me. Come on, what's God saying to you today? What's God want to whisper in your heart, in your mind, in your life? I would bet he maybe just pushed on you a little bit. That in the best of ways, the Holy Spirit is drawing attention to some things into your life to say, come on, let's live with the heart of a king. Maybe he's opening up your mind to how the kingdom works, to how his system is, to how his ways are. And and the whole heart of submission starts by first submitting to the lordship of Jesus. And so if you're here today and you've never put your faith or your trust in Jesus, today might be the day that you just call out and say, God, I need you to become the king of my heart. I believe that you died on that cross for me because you wanted to rescue me. And so I submit to you, Jesus to be the Lord and the leader and the savior of my life in every way, shape and form. And then this week as we go, God, would you teach us the ways of the kingdom? Would you give us a different insight into submission, honor and authority? And would you put within me the heart of a king and remove from within me the heart of a rebel? Thank you, Jesus, for your kingdom come. In your name we pray, amen.